Welcome to Females and Fine Fettle, from Wiped Out to Wealth. This is where conscientious women entrepreneurs and women living like a boss come to learn about balancing their personal and professional wellness with ease. If you have the enthusiasm, motivation, and grit to make it happen, then listen up every Monday. To be sure you don't miss an episode, sign up for weekly updates at femalesandfinefettle.com. The following discussion is for educational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. Please don't apply any of this information without first speaking with your doctor. Now, here are your hosts, Denise Pasquinelli and Dr. Michelle, your natural women's health advocates who blend the wisdom of ancient healing traditions and the science of functional medicine. Hello and welcome back. We hope that you have been enjoying this month's topic on creating and cultivating boundaries. We find that having clear and loving boundaries grants space for more creative ideas, more satisfying and progressive work, and of course, a healthy and balanced lifestyle. In today's episode, we want to answer a few questions that have come up from the females and fine fettle community on this topic, and this is something we just love to do. On that note, if you have questions that you would like for us to address on a future episode, please send them our way. You can email us at hello at femalesinfinefettle.com or find us via Instagram or Facebook. All right. So today we are going to talk a bit more about some special boundaries inside of our bodies, namely the gut, which is one of my favorite topics. <laughs> We're also going to talk about the importance of feeling our feelings to support our health, juicy stuff. And we'll talk into the challenges of creating and cultivating boundaries, especially when we're dealing with those that we love or situations where we feel the need to protect ourselves. That can be a really difficult thing to do, and we want to offer a different perspective on that. Yes. I also want to mention that today marks our 50th episode which so 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 awesome so we definitely hope that you've been enjoying the ride so back to boundaries I think the awareness around boundaries and self-care has been booming lately which I think is a great shift for everyone who is hopping on board boundaries are a super effective way to nourish ourselves restore energy gain respect with both peers and colleagues and a way to get to know ourselves and others in a much more intimate way and i also want to say that boundaries doesn't always mean saying no it's actually more about creating space for you to say yes to the right things. Mm, Yes, I love that shift. (laughs) Uh, Danielle Laporte has a truth bomb. You know, she has those truth bombs. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, that I've always loved that says boundaries are fences that support your freedom. Mm And I like to think of having clear boundaries as a method of creating a strong foundation. And with a strong foundation, you know what you can build on top of it, which is freedom. (laughs) This idea ties into the boundaries inside of our bodies as well, namely the gut and our digestive system, which is just so rad. I just love the digestive system. I think of it as being foundational to systemic health of the entire body. For sure. Yes, (laughs) I know. So the gut separates our insides from the outside world, outside world being the food that we put into our bodies. And that food then is information that builds our bodies or builds our home, if you will. 
So if we consider leaky gut or the term intestinal permeability, same thing, we are talking about holes in this boundary, in the system, or you could think of it as holes in our foundation. Mm. I'm always super curious about the ways that what is happening inside of our body presents itself outside of the body and vice versa. So a leaky gut lining or a cracked foundation often presents itself as a leaky life outside of ourselves. So a leaky life might look like total overwhelm, you know, feeling swamped with responsibilities and challenged by managing the day to day. Or it could look like taking on other people's shit at the expense of dealing with your own. In this overwhelmed emotional state, we feel sensitive to all the things that are trying to come in. It's kind of a what's the straw that will break this camel's back kind of situation. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, the straw could be something seemingly tiny and the back break can end up being an illness, a major illness that takes us out for a while and basically forces us to say no. Totally, right? It's like... It's like the Taoist philosophy, the macrocosm reflects the microcosm and vice versa, right? But, you know, that's a really perfect extension of what I was saying before. You know, if we don't have those boundaries, our boundaries intact, we almost lose that ability to say yes when we really want to. Mm -hmm. Totally. Absolutely. And I think that overwhelm that we feel outside of our body, we can also experience inside of our body via digestive upset or a headache every day at 4 p.m. or suddenly we realize I'm exhausted all the time. Mm. The cracks in the foundation, they can really creep in. And this is the body's response to overwhelm from some form of allergy. You can be seemingly fine, 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 and then boom, you're completely overwhelmed. The immune system gets engaged. We can feel totally run down. The sensitivity might be to food or the environment, things like pollens, grasses, dusts, or mold, or some other unique trigger that's just our own. Prolonged states of emotional distress can also have a huge impact. And I think it's really hard to know which came first, the overwhelm with the life outside of our bodies or the overwhelm within. And Oftentimes they're going hand in hand, so it's, you can't really even know which came first, right? And I'll, you know, a lot of times I talk with people about um, their birthing process and like really early life because I find that a lot of my clients ha- were never breastfed, right? So like that ends up really. I was one of those babies, like I was bottle fed, like since mm-hmm. birth, and so I did not get to establish a really robust uh, microbiome in my gut and my Mm -hmm. immune system maybe wasn't as strong as it could be. And lo and behold, as those who've been listening for a while now, you know, I had, I guess, had have (laughs) Hashimoto's, right? It's it's under control now. But did that like bottle feeding from the start kind of set my gut up for leaky gut that then led to this autoimmune or overactivity of my immune system, right? So mm-hmm. super interesting. But, you know, I'm also talking about this topic with my clients in the sense that, you know, it's like we all have a threshold and everyone's threshold is in a different spot. So when we have this low-grade inflammation, irritation, um, overactivity or underactivity of the immune system, uh, different forms and states of toxicity, uh, negativity, right? Like negative thoughts and emotions. Mm-hmm. We can um, 
we can kind of be hanging out right under this threshold and then bam, you know, something takes us above that line and we experience symptoms. And depending on our genetics, environmental factors, emotional factors, and so many other variables, we end up (laughs) expressing those symptoms in different ways and in different body systems. But you know, the one common thread is that our body's been overwhelmed and overburdened, right? So, yeah, you know, as we heal our bodies, we start to decrease that white noise of inflammation. So we end up reconnecting with how our body is meant to function and communicate with us. So sometimes, you know, I end up working with someone and we're making really great progress with decreasing inflammation, bloating, skin issues, hormonal issues, whatever it might be. But then they end up getting a little irritated or frustrated because they <laughs> they actually start reacting or responding to toxins or toxic foods more noticeably. For example, they might decide to have a, a celebratory piece of cheesecake, right? I make a mean cheesecake, by the way. <laughs> too, <laughs> too bad I uh, recently found out I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, say they have this cheesecake and maybe a few months ago they wouldn't have noticed much of anything, right? They would have ate it and been like, well, ah, whatever, life goes on. But now they get bloated, they get a headache, their rings are fitting tighter on their fingers. You know, you get the picture. <laughs> totally, totally. Well, two things. I just have to say you can make a pretty incredible cheesecake-like dessert with cashews instead of dairy. Just I, I have actually done that before, and it is freaking delicious. And it's thank so you for good. reminding me because I need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can still have cheesecake. Yes. Um, also, I just want to say I remember the first time my body clearly communicated with me by knocking me on my butt. <laughs> The culprit was a grilled cheese sandwich after weeks of cutting gluten and dairy, which I should be doing. And I thought, you know, why not treat myself to a little grilled cheese? And 20 minutes after eating it, I was knocked on my butt. I couldn't keep my eyes open. It was a horrible feeling, but also really rad information because I realized this whole grilled cheese thing, that doesn't really feel like that great of a treat anymore. Totally. Bringing power back to me to decide, do I want to eat this thing or do I want to be knocked on my ass? Oh my God. Yes, absolutely. And you know, I think that that's that I love that perspective of like that's rad information because it totally is because I I think it's also interesting that we use the word like cheat and treat and all of this stuff when it's actually not like our body isn't like oh thanks so much for the treat or the cheat (laughs) like our body's like f you what did you just do to me (laughs) like you know so anyway anyway it's all about mindset right but you Mm -hmm. know the thing is, we've, um, you know, going back to that inflammation, if once we've decreased that white noise, that overwhelm, right, our body can actually communicate more effectively with us, right, and tell us what is working and what isn't working. Like, that's the point, right? Another mm-hmm. way I look at it is that if you had this really jacked up car, like a total POS, right, <laughs> and you throw a rock at it, odds are you might not even notice that new dent or scratch because it's lost amongst all the other ones, right? So 
this is kind of like our body before we start healing it. But on the other hand, you know, if you've got like a super nice car, maybe it's a brand new Tesla or Jaguar <laughs> or I don't know, you know, something that <laughs> something that you, you know, just drove off a lot and you throw a rock at that car, you are definitely going to notice it, right? Anyway, I hope that makes sense. <laughs> totally. I love that example. And, you know, I think, yeah, you'll notice the dent, but you would also be aghast at the thought of doing something to harm that brand new car. (laughs) Like, it's a total no-brainer to not throw shit at it. For sure. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that that's the hope in, in our practice as well, like bringing awareness to what behaviors contribute to feeling good, like brand new freaking Jaguar good. And then bring attention and awareness to the behaviors that compromise feeling that way. This informs your parameters. It's like your feel-good fences and these boundaries we keep yakking about. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) I love it. Love that. So changing gears a teeny bit, there's this psychological concept that I wanted to bring up. It's called learned hopelessness. And it's one of the things that I see as a barrier to creating boundaries and therefore standing firm in your own life. And learned helplessness is essentially being conditioned to expect disappointment, pain, loss, and having no way to escape it. So now it's believed that this is kind of the foundation of what leads to depression is being in this conditioned state. This is based on some like kind of terrible studies that were done on dogs mm-hmm. uh, by uh, Dr. Seligman. It's called the Seligman theory. And I'm not going to go into the details of the study, but essentially his research showed that holding this expectation for long enough that bad things are going to happen to us and I can't do anything about it. It becomes a belief. And with that belief that everything is being done to me, happening to me and is out of my control, you give up. You figure you can't control what's going to happen. So why try to do anything else? And the result is learned helplessness. Emphasis on the learned mm-hmm. part because this is not an innate behavior. We learn it. Oh my God. Yes. Don't even get me started on this. I swear, you know, victim mentality is one of the biggest mindset blocks that I see towards, you know, not only reaching our health goals, huge, but living a fulfilling and joyful life, right? I listen to and read a lot about mindsets, probably more than any other topic at this point in my life. Um, I'm like totally hooked. But I was just listening to one of James Wedmore's podcasts with Jim Fortin. Um, It's episode 141. I'll link to it in the show notes. But you know, the big takeaway that I got um, from that episode is we are not our thoughts. We are the Mm -hmm. thinker of our thoughts and each moment of every day we can make the decision to change our thoughts so if your thoughts are off especially you know when we wake up first thing in the morning like another day I'm gonna hit the snooze button I don't want to get out of bed I don't want to go to work I don't want to look at my bank account blah 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 right everything else gets thrown off for the day but what if you started your day by saying everything that is mine by divine right comes to me in perfect order today 
It's just like, mm. wow. It's just, it's yeah. really, it's, it's some like really deep stuff. Um, but, you know, if it sounds interesting to you or a little bit intriguing, definitely, definitely, definitely check it out. It's pretty awesome. I love that. I love what you said about we are not our thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, to me, that is the foundation of a meditation practice. Mm-hmm. It's not to not think it's to notice our thoughts notice that they are just thoughts we can give them attention or we cannot give them attention they float in they float out they are not us so it's meditation is a practice in noticing that mm-hmm. just, and even i mean even thanking yourself for oh thanks for that thought see you later yeah like, yeah <laughs> I, don't, I don't really want it right now yeah cool. <laughs> yeah <laughs> That episode sounds really great. I want to check that out. And I also want to say that the opposite of this concept of learned helplessness actually has a name and it's called learned optimism. So the fact that we can learn and unlearn these behaviors is super empowering, even if it takes time and effort. Mm -hmm. It's possible. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, creating and cultivating boundaries um, can be a bit challenging, right? Learning any new skill can be challenging. Like I know for me, I can actually get this physical visceral cue when one of my say interpersonal boundaries are being challenged. I, mm-hmm. I don't even know if challenge is really the right word actually, because I don't think that it's intended most of the time. Right. So maybe more, uh, appropriately, I should say approached or activated. I don't know, but mm-hmm. you know, I'll actually get this feeling and I'll know that it needs to be addressed. Something needs to be addressed because it's, it's not just a fleeting moment, but it's a feeling. And then usually a thought accompanies it and it ends up popping up a few times throughout my day. Um, So one simple example that I can think of right now is, you know, having a conversation with a friend and maybe something is said that kind of rubs you the wrong way, but it's not so abrasive to where you would end up kind of responding to it or being like, hey, wait, what? Um, but maybe it's something that gets pushed aside in the moment. Um, and then maybe after the conversation, that phrase or that comment kind of pops back up into your head. And it just something about it just doesn't sit right. And it's like at that moment, we can choose to address it and assert that boundary in a sense, or we can ignore it and stuff it away. But I can mm-hmm. tell you, you know, from experience that almost every single time I address something like that, it benefits me and my relationship with that person. But I mean, Mm -hmm. don't, don't get me wrong. Like (laughs) it is scary as all get out. Like sometimes it's just like my throat closes up and I'm like, I can't say anything. (laughs) But then like once you really voice it, you're just like, oh my God, such a weight is, is lifted, you know? Totally. It's super scary. And yeah, I mean, I love what you're saying here that, being aware that a boundary felt like bumped into. Oh, that's a good one. Bumped into. (laughs) And then addressing it Mm -hmm. rather than creating a whole story about how wrong your friend was to say that. Uh, And in the end, it actually created a deeper relationship for you both. I think that's a great illustration of something that can be tricky for people when it comes to boundaries work. mm -hmm. And, that's that feeling that a boundary is going to cause separation and disconnectedness. Totally. Totally. Mm-hmm. I, I think that this can be especially challenging when we're dealing with friends and family 
maybe especially family, um, when we feel like we need some personal space, maybe to take care of ourselves or to feel grounded and safe. But at the same time, we feel uncomfortable creating separateness from important people in our lives. And they might be confused by that. Mm. Um, I think that fear makes a lot of sense that we're going to separate ourselves. But back to something that I think you talked about in episode 48, this whole concept, I think, is really related to our words and our mindset about this. So if we drop the narrative that I need to make space from you because you drain me or you harm me or you're bad for me, that feels really separate, right? Mm -hmm. That's a boundary of like, I need to get away from you. That narrative has a very different feeling than one that's more focused on ourselves and our positive, the positivity that will result. So using language like, I need this space in order for me to fuel up or recharge or reconnect to my feelings, get clearer. And the added benefit of taking this space is that I'm able to be more present with my loved ones. That all that has a very different vibe to it. So this can be a narrative that you hold in your heart and mind as you start to claim this space for yourself. Or you could also use this language to be part of the conversation that you have with people you love when you're when you're establishing these boundaries with them. You know, with boundaries comes a groundedness and the ability to hold our own to find space, create the foundation, right, that we've been talking about. So when we're holding our own space, we're more able to sit with someone else and not feel threatened or drained or forced to take on their shit. It's beautiful. It it allows for so much more love to flow in that relationship. It creates a deeper relationship like Dr. Michelle was just talking about. And really, the the root of all of this is changing our thoughts about how we perceive these boundaries and communicating our needs with love. Mm. So back to what we said at the top of the episode, boundaries are at their best when they allow us to say yes more fully, not create more separateness. That might have to be the quote for the episode. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Love it. So that is a wrap for the week. I wanted to let you all know that we started a Patreon page. So if you're loving this podcast, if you've learned something today or from a past episode, definitely consider becoming a patron. Denise and I would love to hire some help on the back end of the podcast. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. instead of bringing on, you know, sponsors and wasting your time with all that jazz, we figured, you know, having a Patreon page would be a good alternative. So patrons only pay $4 a month or a dollar an episode. So hopefully you feel like you get at least that much value for the time that we spend together. (laughs) So if you can manage it, uh, we'll link to our Patreon page in the show notes for sure. And as for next week, we are diving headfirst into July and our theme is creativity and play. So we'll kick off the month with our Funky Five and share ways to integrate creativity and play into our personal interpersonal, professional, societal, and spiritual lives. So Mm -hmm. be sure to tune in. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Females and Fine Fettle from Wiped Out to Wealthy, a podcast to fit your lifestyle. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review at femalesandfinefettle.com. 
you have questions or topic ideas for upcoming episodes, we'd love to hear from you. Please be sure to tune in next week.